Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Just letting you guys know before we start the show that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Right now, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com MNR14 and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title on us and start listening today. It's that easy, guys. Go to audibletrial.com MNR14 to start your free 30-day trial membership. Peace. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in this fine planet of ours. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in uh, to our podcast, uh, Straight Out of Islington, an Arsenal podcast. My name is Mario. Of course, with me is Ryan. He is back. Uh, Ryan, what's up, buddy? Uh, Good evening, Mario. Uh, Not too much, just... uh... Getting ready, uh, getting over the loss of the weekend and looking forward to the uh, the North London Derby coming up this weekend. So, uh, f- you know, it's good good transition. It is Wednesday, so about about the halfway point. Yes. And uh, we, we move on. We go again. Yes, it is Wednesday. My apologies again for being off, off schedule this week. Um, I was feeling a tad bit under the weather uh, yesterday when we planned to do it. And I think Monday there was something else that happened. Oh, I was refing uh, on Monday. Um, but uh, before we get started, though, shall I say... A big shout out go a shout out goes out to Elliot Don mm. Elliot uh, uh, Raul Dash for uh, bringing uh, welcoming a new bundle of joy uh, into his life. Him and uh, him and wife uh, expecting a baby. So congratulations to the both of them. Uh, I hope uh, you're uh, you're um, very happy with the uh, sleepless nights. <laughs> so far um but uh, it's it's a great it's a great uh, thing to hear mom and baby are healthy from from what i understand so that's always great so congratulations to uh, mr and mrs dash um we hope that we can uh, talk with you soon elliot um but i know that uh, that takes a lot of time so congratulations and also thank you aj for coming on the podcast last week that was very very awesome to speak with him uh you know our boy our boy has matured uh ryan i don't know if you got a chance to listen um but uh, i did i did yeah he's, he's you know and i could tell because we, we we saw him in person in la for the uh the Bayern uh friendly in the summer in um in july so yeah he's all he's all grown up now I know. Um, it's it's kind of hard. I'm like, you know, I'm, he's not. I'm not used to this. You know, he's a big boy, he graduated and everything. So uh, he's, got, he's got he's got degrees on degrees. Oh and he's, man, he's, he's gonna be running for president soon. I know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that that's great. Um, anyways, let's get to the nitty gritty. Um, the Liverpool match uh, that happened this past weekend. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Just come out and say I, I wasn't too disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I, I knew that uh, going in, it was going to be a very hard match against, you know, the potential league winners. I mean, they're they're up there in terms of, uh, uh, of you know, favorites to win the league. Of course, you have Man City in there as well. I think those are the top two teams in the league right now. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't really upset. There was a couple of times where. And I think we can get more into it as we go along with the match, Ryan. Um, Pepe was really impressive. He had a couple of runs, could not finish, but uh, very promising. Um, so 
I wasn't mad. How did you take the, how, how did you take this match? Yeah, I mean, at first, um, yeah, as the match went on, and of course with with the results, um, you know, three one at full time, it was it was I, I kind of my emotions went in in phases. At first, I was I was upset and, and disappointed because it was another yet again uh, on the surface a away trip to a top six team in which we came away with nothing and kind of got blown out of the water and the game was over in the you know 60th minute so we've we've seen that movie before time and again um so that was my initial takeaway from it um you know the emotion was raw um knowing we had tottenham coming up so it was a a are we gonna kind of have a little mini negative spiral to start the season right after two victories um after some time to kind of marinate on it and and kind of assess it with a more of a level head, I, I kind of came in the same camp as you where I wasn't too disappointed in the end, uh, watching it back, watching some extended highlights and kind of, you know, looking at it tactically. I think Emery and the team was, was trying to go out there, set up to do, um, looking at the goal events themselves. Mario, sorry. <laughs> I was on, sorry. Cool. I was on the Ar- I was on the Arsenal website, and a <laughs> ad just started playing out of nowhere. I, I, don't, awesome. I don't know if you could hear that. But. That was good. That was good. I like it. I like it. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, back to my train of thought. Yeah. So kind of after second viewing, if you will, I was a little more reserved and still disappointed in the result, of course, and disappointed in what I think what should have been a better performance overall. But I think, listen, in the end, you have to say Liverpool are just a different level than us right now. Mm. Um, and I, I understand tactically what, what Emery was trying to, trying to accomplish with the formation, with the, you know, the four diamond two, um, you know, you had Pepe and Aubameyang up top. So they, they were the outlets, of course, the, the, the speed and behind because of Liverpool's fullbacks, pushing forward you could isolate pepe and and Aubameyang on on van dyke and matip so i i get that um it was kind of a pick your poison situation so you, you look at it tactically if we're looking at it here so you had essentially guenduzi as the right-sided part of the diamond and willick as the left side of the diamond and their jobs was to essentially shuttle back and forth and track try and track liverpool's attacking fullbacks when they were pushing forward um the problem with that was is is a they're not you know they're not really equipped to do that from a skill set standpoint i don't think guendouzi's is equipped to do that from a physical standpoint um and when they had to do that and we actually retained possession we were very condensed. We were very compact and we didn't have any dynamic passing lanes and attacking lanes to then break forward in possession. We had, we had so much possession that was essentially almost in our attacking 18 or sorry, defensive 18 yard box. Even, even when we won back possession, and we tried to find an outlet and we just didn't have the the angle, the passing lanes, the passing angles to actually build an attack 
once we prevented Liverpool from creating a chance. And then what that did was just keep pushing us back further and further. I mean, we if you look at, you know, Fabian there are sometimes starting their attacks like 20 yards outside of our 18 yard box, which, you know, they weren't even, they weren't even close to that, you know, let alone their, um, you know, defensive third, but not even, not even really close to the halfway, halfway line. So they were, they were starting attacks so far up in our, in our area. And because the fullbacks, again, were pushing forward so much and we had our midfielders having to go wide and track them. We couldn't build anything once we get, you know, and we did defend well for those first, really the first half, you could say, I mean, you know, obviously apart from the set piece goal on the 41st minute, um, I think, I think the game plan was actually executed uh, fairly well. So, I mean, okay. So one of my criticisms for this match, yeah, and um, I mean, it, the failure to, I, and I, you briefly explained it, right? Why, you know, the, the tactical decision, but was it the right move in terms of like, okay, so clearly this is not working. 80th minute, let's just bring in Lacazette. Why wait so long? Well, yeah, that that's that's exactly right. I think that's if you're looking at it, if there's one serious criticism, and I think Emery is is kind of has a tendency to do this, which is, you know, bigger picture. I think I, I mean I have a big problem with this. Is he's, I think he manages in these big matches, and you've not seen it just at Arsenal, but you've seen it at at PSG as well. I think he gets a little scared. He gets a little shell shocked. And instead of being proactive and being a protagonist when you're down, you know, when you're down to nothing. Yeah. I mean, he brings on Torreira for Ceballos, which Ceballos was not having a good game. So that makes sense to, mm-hmm. you know, but why not bring on Lacazette? Why not make a double sub? Why not make a sub at halftime? You, you know, you're, even though you're only down one, you know, this, that tactical layout is not sustainable. <laughs> even though you've created some good chances, right? I mean, obviously, Aubameyang has a chance that was that was from a, albeit a Liverpool mistake, but it was from a, we, we actually, we did break out in possession and which led to the keeper coming out and Aubameyang puts the lob wide. Um, Pepe's got a couple good chances. One where he needs to slide in either Guendouzi or Willock on the overlap, who would then have a easy cross for Aubameyang for a tap in. So, you know, those chances... Are, are taken and is it a different game? Sure, it is. But I think overall, you'd say we didn't obviously create enough. I, I think that was we were never going to be dominant possession and and really create chances from from you know build up or or dominant possession. Um, so again, I think the plan there was was executed fairly well. You know, create chances from outlets, deep outlets to Pepe and Aubameyang. And we did that. We didn't take the chances and that's the difference. Um, but yes, I mean, you're looking at the sub itself, um, at the 80th minute, you're down three, nothing. It's, it's almost, it's almost pointless. pointless yeah. I, th- I think it's, I think it's a little, a tad bit disrespectful to, um, your 55 million pound striker in Lacazette because you're, you know, it's one thing to not bring him on at halftime, but you go down two nothing. You have you have to you have to go full attack. You have to change, mm-hmm. even if you go, even if you lose, you know, four nothing, five nothing again. I mean, uh, it 
it's a moral victory because we only lost three one instead of last season we lost five one. I don't I don't I don't think that matters. I don't I don't buy that. It doesn't player you know we have he's this manager's got to find a way to get his best attacking talent on the pitch at the same time in league fixtures bottom line we're not we're not going to lead the league or come close to leading the league in clean sheets we're going to have defensive mishaps we're going to be leaky at the back um you know we 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 saw that against liverpool the chance you know they took their chances both on the set piece um the second goal is is a stupid mistake from luis and on the third goal he gets done because he's on a yellow and he can't clatter salah there when he normally would and then montreal's got legs of a 33 year old and he gets beaten for pace and salah does what salah does so Mm -hmm. um yeah we we need it we need to go out and try to try to score three goals a game that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna finish in the top four we're not going to finish in top four by by grinding teams down and and winning one nils so uh, i i i think this coming up match against spurs is a huge i think look into the mindset into the psyche of emery mm-hmm. is he gonna is he gonna manage scared and I would say more practically, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but when you don't have, we don't have the skill set, we don't have the mentality, the type of players to win one nil, right? We have maybe one defensive midfielder on our team, which is Torreira, who Emery apparently doesn't fancy enough to, to start. Um, we have second choice fullbacks starting right now in, in Maitland-Niles and Montreal, who might be leaving the club even. And we have, you know, older center backs who aren't at, at, who are not, you know, athletic dynamos. So you had better get your 72 million pound winger, your 55 million pound striker, and your 65 million pound striker slash wide forward on the pitch at the same damn time for the majority, if not every single league match you know, this campaign. And if you don't, then I don't think you deserve to be managing at this club because otherwise, what are you doing? Well, yeah, that, that, that was going to be my, my thing to you. It, clearly we can see that he is not on the levels of your Jurgen Klopp's of your Pep Guardiola's, you know, even dare I say Pochettino. I mean, he's doing as, as much as we can hate Spurs all we want. He's doing really good things at Spurs. Um, and this is his second year into a two year contract. Um, do you think we could possibly see, um, even in the manager transfer market, uh, you know, friggin' Don Raul uh, going out, going after a uh, a top notch uh, manager. Well, I think I, I think we have to see how this season plays out again. Let, let's look, keep some context here. Mm-hmm. You know, Emery um, last season was relatively, you know, I want to say a, a wash for him, but he he didn't have his full squad of players that he identified or that he wanted right uh we've got a full transfer full summer transfer window in the books now so he's got he's got the talent i mean i i, I don't think we can, can make any argument a, can he be a top-notch manager i i personally don't think he is if you just look at his you look at his identity you look at his philosophy you'll still be hard-pressed to, to determine what is emery ball what is what if you think of Arsenal football right now? How do you describe it? And I don't think I don't think anyone knows. I don't think really he knows. I don't think he 
is that type of manager, right? Where you, you look at Liverpool, you know, they're 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 heavy metal, pressing, exciting, um, swashbuckling football. You've got a, a clear identity, like you said, with Pochettino at Spurs and obviously Guardiola at City. So what what is Unai Emery's football? And I I, I think with this amount of talent, especially attacking talent, you have to have a a clear tactical philosophy that is going to accentuate the attacking talent that you have. It cannot be a a jack-of-all-trades, chameleon-type, let's adjust to every single team we play. No, it has to be this. We are gonna lo- we're going to roll out there with Nicola Pepe, Lacazette, and, and Aubameyang every single match. How are you going to stop them? opponent. I don't care if you're City. I don't care if you're Burnley. I don't care if you're Aston Villa. Those three guys, good luck. And we're going to get, we're going to cater towards those three and the players behind them are going to have the skill sets and abilities to get the most out of those three players. And I don't, I don't think we've seen that. I mean, we obviously we've seen what Aubameyang and Lacazette and to a, to a lesser extent Pepe can do, but we're still chopping and changing. We're still, we're still mixing it up. We're still changing, you know, formation. We don't have a base, you know, go to home run type, uh, formation or philosophy. And I think that's a big problem going forward. Now let's, let's wait and see if he, you know, he's, he's got a, his technically his contract is up after this year. The club has an option mm-hmm. to either retain him for another year, which I think is very smart to do not, not to retain him, but to have that option. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, listen, if we finish third or fourth and get back in the champions league, which I think is the, the goal for the club this season, uh, you know, I think probably makes sense. Do you bring Emery back for another year? You know, listen, he's, he's accomplished the goal. You got champions league. Sure. But, We've also seen a, a, a new leaf turnover at this club at the executive level with with Raul, with um, Edu. We've seen a ruthlessness this past summer that we haven't seen, I think, for a long time. So, yeah, if, if that if that manager's out there who's going to really highlight the attacking talent and and start playing a attacking first, goal first, you know. You know, score at all costs, regardless of who the opponent is. If that manager gets identified in the summer, um, you might say, "Hey, yeah, so Emery, thank you, but you don't, you just don't match up for what we're trying to look like and what we're trying to be as a club." So now let's let's t- give that manager who who is attacking first and a positive um, tactical philosophy. Let's give him these attacking pieces who are elite. And let you know. Let's see what he can do with it. Instead of having to wait another year, you know, to get his type of players, let's identify the manager who's going to fit the players, right, to a certain extent. And then, can we make that jump to start pushing Liverpool and City possibly in the next couple of years? That so that that remains to be seen. But that's something that definitely I think we can. Uh, if, if that if that's doesn't present itself this season with Emery, you know, with how he's utilizing the attacking talent. That's something definitely to keep an eye on going into the, into the summer. Yeah. Like, I mean, surely against Tottenham, he has to play the front three. Like he has, to I, play I think though. So. I mean, you have to, yeah. What like, you know, put your best attacking players out there. It's right. going to give you the best chance of winning because I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it sounds simple and stupid, but uh, I think, I think it's true, especially with the other personnel we have. It's not, it's not like we have these, 
I mean, I, I like our midfield core, you know, but they're, like you said, you know, they're, they're, they're young. They got, they got, uh, ran around, uh, which I don't think it was their fault, but you know, you're not, you're not keeping out, uh, you know, Luka Modric and Marco Verratti here, right? So let, <laughs> let's, you get, you got to play those three guys. You just got to do it. Now, I want to touch on uh, Ceballos a little bit because we did see, you know, some really sparks of brilliance um, in, in the, in the Burnley match. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and I've been hearing and I've been reading a lot on him and how um, he, he was just trying really hard and not, focusing on what he's good at um and clearly you know he's never faced teams in la liga like liverpools and i mean it's just going to get harder when you face tottenham's and you face man cities even manchester united's so uh, how how did you i guess rate his performance and what does he have to do to to get back to just hey basics well, I, I think this this game was always going to be tough for him, especially in the tactical position he was in. I think anyone in that position was was not going to have a good game. He was he was caught between. He was essentially most most of the match having to be a auxiliary defensive midfielder and and track back and receive the ball in deep areas. Um, and obviously, you know the. the prime example of that is when he gets the ball in the corner and he tries to switch the play go across field and he just under hits it straight to Sadio Mane which mm-hmm. leads to you know Mane having a wide open shot at goal and then luckily he he straight you know shot it straight at uh, Leno but I just think he was he was he was stretched far too thin on the on the pitch he didn't have a really didn't have any support even when in possession because as i mentioned you had Gwenduzi and willick stretched yep. so far wide to cover their fullbacks that they they couldn't make any type of connection or partnership in that middle of the park even when we had the ball because they were either gassed or just you know too far apart from each other so uh you know again yeah we were we were saying that Ceballos is, you know, the ne- next Santa Gazorla and the best midfielder in the world last week. <laughs> and uh, obviously that would, that was going a little too far over the top. And I, I don't want to get too far down on him after this performance. Cause I think anybody in his position would have struggled. Right. And I think that's, that's just what Liverpool does. They, they expose you. And if you don't have the legs, you don't have the athleticism to, to match their runners, which we don't, um, yeah, you're going to struggle in that area of the pitch. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too hard on him as well. Um, you can clearly tell, like, I mean, he was playing very nervous and maybe playing out of position, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't be harsh on him. I think, I think even even uh, you know switching switching over to to David Luiz, um, that's what you get. That's what you get with Luis. Uh, you get brilliance and then you get stupidity. Uh, I mean, holding holding. Um, Salah in the box there, I clearly um, just a, a momentary lapse of insanity there, I guess, of sanity, I, I, wish, I should say. Um, should we be worried? I mean, expected? Like, um, I mean, you, you hate to see somebody with that much experience make that kind of decision and error, really. I mean, regardless of who it is. Um, so that that's disappointing, especially in that moment when, you know, 
obviously we're down one nothing. I think I, the momentum's in their favor. They're kind of battering us at that point. They're you know their ears are pinned back, but you got to listen. It's a brilliant piece of play. Alexander Alexander Arnold's got all the time and space to pick out that pass to Firmino. Firmino drops in that pocket, which he does so well. You know, just just finesses the ball into the path of Salah. And then listen, they, they break us down. We're beat. Um, but at that point, ha- have some faith in your keeper, maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, let let have on that. Right. I mean, that's so that, that's disappointing. There, It's like it's, it's like in basketball where when players foul, when you've got help coming, it's like give <laughs> Give give your other defenders, give your other teammates a chance to do their job, mm-hmm, right? Give mm-hmm. give Leno a chance to do his job, and maybe he makes a save. No, maybe he doesn't. I mean, it's most a loss, so he probably finishes bottom corner like like he did on the third goal. But yeah, you got you can't you just can't make that mistake in that in that situation uh, against this team. They're going to punish you. So, uh, but over you know again, but Luis, I think he had a really good first half. Um, yeah. So it's I, I think I think any any grading on this match alone. I think you have to grade it on a curve and have some context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think I mean weekend is the big test. It is is fair game. I think for everybody players how they respond, how they perform, what their energy levels are, what their concentration levels are. You can't if you're going to if this club is going to take that next leap from perennial Europa league kind of, you know, laughing stock, uh, out of the top four. These are the type of games after the losses that that's what, that's what makes your season. And that's what elevates you to that back up to that level that we used to be at. So we'll, that, you know, that, that's going to be a big test. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I, I guess the, <laughs> Like I said, I'm not really mad at the the way this match unfolded. I kind of was, you know, already knew what the outcome was going to be. I had some glimpses of like, oh, my God, we can potentially do something here with those magical moments of brilliance from Pepe. Um, I think he's probably one of, if not the only positive of this match uh the his ball movement his his control uh is just it was incredible it just needs that finish uh you know and i think um i think was it was it you or was i hearing it from somewhere else where um i think i think it was i think it was um after like the post match where they were talking about like Henri-esque type of um movement and also Henri never had the best of starts neither did Burkamp and mm-hmm. and you know and look how they turned out so i mean i'm not putting them i'm not putting Pepe on on those pedestals just yet but you could just see the the sheer brilliance of them and i think Obama Yang and Lacazette and Pepe, I think they can work and you just, you, you just got to give it a try. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Pepe, I mean, Pepe's got, he's got all of the, what I love about him is he's got that. He's got all the sauce, all the drip in his game. Mm. You know, he's got, he's got 
body feints. He's got the he lets the ball roll across his body and he sucks a defender in and then and then pushes it past. Um, he's got he's got the change of pace, which is so important. And when you're isolating defenders, stop and go. He's got all that. And I, I think I think he's chasing his first goal a little bit, which I think you can tell he's yeah, kind of yeah. he's kind of forcing his his shots and he's um, you know but that that'll come. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. I think I think his you know you see his performance and he he was he was up for it. He had he had Van Dyke and Robertson on mm. on ice skates a few times, and uh, you know we're talking about two of the two of the better defenders in Europe. So um, yeah, so now I mean you add Lacazette, who's who should be that 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 tip of the spear, who who can you know get in the trenches with those with those central defenders, drag those guys out. It's going to open up space for Pepe and Aubameyang on the flanks, um, especially when teams are, are are pushing their fullbacks forward. So yeah, it's we just got to get those guys out there. They'll figure it out. Lacazette had that have that link. They they have that connection that they you know that that that's what that's what elite players do. Mm. Um, you put them together. They they're they're smart enough. They're they understand where they want the ball. They understand where their their teammates want the ball. How they're going to play. What their movement is. And you you got to get them out in the pitch together and and let let them make magic happen. That's simple. Yeah, and I mean to think. In, a, in the last couple of years, you know, we had Iwobi, Theo Walcott, Giroud uh, up up in those positions. And now you have, you know, mouthwatering, you know, class strikers uh, yeah. you know, front line. Um, mm-hmm. You just you're just wanting it to be on leash. So, I mean, listen, it'll happen soon. You know, pe- people I think people are jumping the gun a little bit uh, in, in terms of it. But like, I, I agree. We, we have to see it. Um, at some point, I'm hoping we see it uh, against Tottenham. I mean, uh, not hope. We have to see that against Tottenham. Uh, speaking of, of Tottenham, it and 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 seeing all three of them, how do you line up everyone else behind them? I mean, I think you go. Uh, I'd go four three three, and I, I personally, I'd want to see a midfield trio of. Torreira, um, Guendouzi, and uh, Willick. Okay. Okay. And you got Torreira at the at the base in front of the def- uh, front of the back four. He's shielding. He's being as you know being a pit bull and, and harassing. And you've got two progressive carriers and passers of the ball next to him. And yeah, just go play, go ball out. Basically, I mean that's. And I, but I worry he, you know, Emery loves Jaka. He likes his. God. I, I just, I just, and listen, I, 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 I don't, I don't even really care to to dump on Jaka. Uh, obviously, the positives that he brings to the team and to the game and, and his abilities are, 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 I think, clear to see. I just think at this level, at this, the way the, the speed of the game is played at, at this level. Again, I think we saw that on display against Liverpool, he, he doesn't have the physical attributes to, to hang and, and to mat and go toe to toe with those players. He just doesn't. Um, and so I think his negative attributes of his game, I think they just outweigh. And I think we have players that play his position that do have those positive attributes. And I think those are the guys we got to roll with, but that's, that's my philosophy, and I, I, I think again, Emery is a little more conservative, practical. I'll, I'll call it a little bit scared, and I think 
that shows in his team selection and his tactics. So who's who's who should be there telling him, hey man, just don't be scared. Like just get out there and and put those players on. Like surely this it's got to be coming from like top management at some point. I would assume, right? Saying, hey get these players on there or do you think he has full autonomy in terms of picking his team well i mean i i think yeah i think he's got i mean it's he's the manager he's picking the team so it, it's which is which is interesting because he, he is a flexible manager i mean he's he's made more halftime changes than anybody he's he's changed up formations and team selections so he's not afraid to make change um, which which is the frustrating part is it's like you would you would think he would look at film he would watch see where the weaknesses are and okay look at his squad and say okay here here are the players who can make a change to that um and i i would say to my i i'd, I'd be okay to interchange uh, sabios and guenduzi to be honest i think my i do have a bit of a concern with guenduzi him physically i think he fades far <laughs> too often matches physically i think he he lacks that explosiveness mm-hmm you really need somebody there to to burst out of tight spaces. I, I think obviously his vision for a pass and his progressive passing is is, is very good. Uh, obviously for somebody his age, uh, but if you and and you can rotate those four guys right: Terrera, Ceballos, Guendouzi, Willick, and I think you've got a very well rounded, athletic, physical midfield combination. What is what does Arsenal have to do differently? Um against Tottenham like it, it, do, you, do you think this is a much more winnable match or do you rate it the same way as it's Liverpool and just we're gonna go in there with what we can and I'm not expecting much no I think it's a much more winnable match I mean I watching Tottenham I think well Tottenham just even going back to last year in Liverpool I think they're uh, again, different levels completely. So, um, I think the key is going to be in, in midfield though, is to, I think we have to match their numbers. And I think if we do that, I think we have the better midfield if we're talking, you know, again, depends who taught them play. Obviously they've got Ndombele who didn't play last week. You've got Lo Celso who came off the bench, Erickson, who knows what they're doing with him. Um, are they playing Harry Winks? Are they playing Sissoko? There's Eric Dyer. So I, I, I like our matchups there. I think we have to, again, uh, we have to impress our will and our identity onto teams. Uh, not not be so reactive and regressive and think, oh, what is what is Tottenham going to do? How do we mm. how do we how do we how do we pick our team and 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 line up to prevent what they're going to do? No. We need to we need to pick a team that makes the other team think, oh shit, what are we going to do to stop them? And I think I think managers get far too in their own head of of you know what's the what's the this, the secret uh, formula for this specific match for this specific um, variable that's going to help stop the other team. Well, you stop the other team by being ball dominant, being aggressive being on the front foot that's what liverpool does that's what city does they don't give a fuck who they're playing they play the same way the same players and say you know what i don't think you're as good as us i don't think you can stop us and you know what they're right so we have i say we emery has to develop that mentality and i'm scared that he won't 
But I think that's that's what you have to do with this lineup. That's what you have to do with this team and this personnel. That's going to get the most out of them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, certainly um, it is winnable because Tottenham lost against Newcastle, which, I mean, we had, we had a hard time against them anyways, but we, we still... Um, we still managed to win. I didn't see that match. Uh, so I, I, I don't really know how or why they lost. Um, I know that uh, my brother was pissed off and that was great. <laughs> but um, but it, 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 sh- it should be very interesting um, to see that lineup um, that, that they're going to put up. Do you, do you still have faith in the Socrates uh louise um partnership in the back there i have faith in it in so much as i think it's the best options we have we have right now available i mean that again but that that i think is even more imperative why we need to focus on picking an attacking lineup because you're not uh, i think i think it defeats the purpose like you try and pick a lineup to defend or, or to protect your back four, right? But what it ends up doing is you don't have the players in front of them who are drilled or with that mentality to defend and defend for 90 minutes. Like that's what Newcastle did, right? They set 10 guys behind the ball mm-hmm. and they took their chance, one chance on the counter and Tottenham were poor. And basically they were saying, hey, Danny Rose and Kyle Walker-Peters, you beat us from crosses and they didn't. So, which that's a tough thing to break down. I mean, that's what teams do to us. Um, and, but we, we don't have the mentality nor the, the defensive IQ or skill set with our personnel to do that. So you're kind of self-defeating in the sense that you're not going to protect the back four, even if you put a lineup or a formation out there that in theory is going to do that because you don't have the personnel to go out and execute it. So don't you're, you're not only are you not protecting your back four and setting up shop and, and, you know, uh, putting up a fortress or a barrier you're now you're now you're also not accentuating your attacking skill set by picking a formation and a, and a mentality that's actually going to go and be on the front foot and be proactive. So it's kind of, it, 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 it does nothing in the end. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm. I just worry um, that he's like, like you said, he's gonna play probably Granite Xhaka um, and not play Torreira as much. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe there's beef there. I don't know. Or maybe the, the the rumors of Torreira leaving or being unhappy. I don't know. Uh, I'm just uh, of to be completely honest with you. I am and. <laughs> I don't know. People are probably going to hate on me or whatever, but I'm not convinced of Joe Willick just yet. I think he's a talented kid. Um, but I, I just trying to remember against the Liverpool match. Um, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Maybe holding the ball a bit too much. Maybe feeling a little gassed. I don't, oh yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, he, he was, and so was Guendouzi. And I, I'm, I'm not saying. I mean, I'd rather have. Would I rather have Aaron Ramsey in there for instead of Joe Willock? Of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, but you got to. I think you got to look at not what he is as a finished product, mm-hmm. but what he, what, what attributes he brings, what physical attributes he brings. And I think you look. You have a player there who has a physical skill set that nobody 
in that position has in the entire squad. Okay. Yeah. He, he can, he can run, he, he can, yeah. he can duel, he can battle, he can graft, he, he can, he can track back. He can progress the ball with his dribble. He's got a good eye for pass. Um, he's got a, you know, we may not see it as much, you know, but he's, he's got, he's got the ability to finish. He's got a good goal record at youth level. So that that's the profile of player, a, a somebody who can run, who can sprint, who can, who can keep players in front of them and go side to side. Um, like, we we haven't had that type of player in the midfield in, in ages. Right. So that that's what I look at when I look at him as as and then, and then you look at yes the the cleaning up the game right the the um, being more tidy in possession getting rid of the ball sooner up mm-hmm. all, all that all that comes with age with right. experience. So I I I just look at this physical attributes as something that he brings that we've so desperately needed and so that's that's what i think excites me but also a lot of a lot of arsenal fans as well right now dare i say it if mezzarozo for whatever god knows reason brings him back to the to the squad does he play i mean there's no indication that i mean he, he trained all last week and then just you know didn't make the trip to liverpool um, yeah he, you know, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. Obviously there's the fallout from his off the field, um, yeah, yeah. troubles, which are, which are horrible. And, and, um, you know, uh, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a huge conundrum. It was a huge conundrum last year and it will continue to be so until, you know, again, either he leaves the club or Emery leaves the club. But uh, again, he's playing in a position as, as a true number 10, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think you can play him home games against the likes of a you know an Aston Villa against the likes of your your Burnleys who are going to sit behind the ball give you time and space. I think that's Mezzarosa was is elite when he when he's when he's got the ball he's got time to to pick his head up and you know move pieces around like you know like a, like a chessboard and that's where he picks out his, his his final ball and he's and he's excellent in those situations i don't think he can play in a high tempo high um speed match where you need guys to graft and to chase and to run and turn and to you know get stuck in and do a little bit of the dirty stuff obviously that's not where he's going to excel so mm-hmm. i i don't, i don't know when, when he when he comes into the side i don't think it's this weekend um mm. but I, I still do think he could play a, a have a big part for us and again you got you got to be able to rotate and, and have quality and, and listen if he's if he's a rotational guy uh i mean you hate take to, that <laughs> you, you hate your highest earner to be that but listen i i think it's that's kind of where we're at at this point with him. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I mean, Kalasinac is back, so I don't know where mm-hmm. all that is. Maybe, maybe he is going to DC United. Who knows? Uh-huh. Know. We yeah, still, I mean, still three days left in the in the European window. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, right. we should see. Yeah. Uh, anyways, well, moving moving uh, uh, away from the matches, um, it, 
a rare occurrence, which I think I'm going to start doing again. But we have listener questions, Ryan. Um, I think it's a good way to have the listeners interact instead of listening to our, uh, you know, b- voices uh, without uh, giving something back. So I'm hoping that uh, we can continue with the uh, the, the the listeners' um, interaction, which is which is great to uh, to um, to see. So the first one here is um, first of all, I want to shout out the the, the groups on our uh, on Facebook. Uh, Arsenal Canada, uh, thank you for the support as always. Uh, this question comes from Kyle uh, Gilson, who is uh, on the board uh, uh, on Arsenal Canada. So thank you very much. Um, and his question is, uh, Ryan, what do you think of Cronky's BBC interview? Um, I would assume with David Ornstein. I tried to find it. I tried to see it. Um, I tried to watch it, I guess, uh, but I couldn't. So Ryan, we were speaking about this briefly before the pod. Uh, you kind of have some context to it. So what do you think of it? What, what, what did you make of it from what you got? Yeah, I think I think my overall takeaway without like diving in boats and everything is, is I think this is a step in the right direction for ownership and I think for the fans as well. I think, you know, we, we had the We Care Do You movement um, prior to the transfer window madness. Um, mm. And, you know, Cronky... Uh, Josh Kroenke responded to that uh, was again, a step in the right direction. And this interview, he, I think he's showing that he is the, he is the man who is overseeing Arsenal, right? His, obviously his father, Stan is the owner, but I think, and I'll, and I, I don't know any of the listeners who watch the show succession on HBO, but you know, if, if uh, Stan Kroenke is uh Logan Roy, who's the the patriarch of Arsenal, um, then I think Josh is is a more put together and less fucked up Kendall Roy. <laughs> uh, Kendall Roy in the show is is the son of this this uh, this kind of magnate CEO type, right? So and, and they're all is multiple uh, children who are vying to take control of the company. So Man. I think Josh Josh is in his good Kendall Roy moment where he's 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 taken over. I think he is the face of of Arsenal ownership. And he I think he understands that the criticisms of, of Stan, his father, were he was silent Stan, right? He literally he said nothing. He didn't care. He where where is he? What is he doing? Does he give a shit or is he just using the club to make money? Which he is. Um, and and so is so is Josh, but Josh understands the importance of fan engagement. He understands the importance of um, you can make money as an owner and also put a competitive team together and go out and try and win things and make the fans happy by playing, you know, good football and, and signing good players. So uh, I think, I think they're all steps in the right direction to what I think the fans want. And I think what ownership needs is to, uh, have a presence and and be held accountable. So I I, I think those are all good steps. Yeah, the club. Yeah, I would have to agree because I mean I didn't watch this uh, interview, um, but from from the last couple of years that I've supported Arsenal, uh, obviously under Cronky, um, I think this is the most I've ever heard a Cronky speak. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. I think this is a breath of fresh air, to be honest. It goes to show that, uh, hey, and, and probably it's it's obviously, you know, 
politics and tactics and and like like we've said it before right he it's scripted everything that he's saying anyways but he makes it so damn convincing that it's coming from his own mind um when he's speaking but uh, i think he's a well put together guy he's young enough and like you said he understands so i am all for it i mean if you're gonna come up and you're gonna Obviously, he 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 put his money where his mouth is, and he friggin' signed some quality this this summer. So you can't complain anymore about Arsenal not signing quality um, because he did. He brought he brought he brought he brought it in. So I'm I'm glad to see that that's where we're going, uh, and I'm glad that uh, the owners are finally stepping up to to the plate. So um, I, I like it. So thank you very much, Kyle, for that question. Uh, the other uh, the, the next question comes from Peg City Gooners. Uh, who's always been a, a long-term supporter of, of the podcast. So thank you very much, Peg City Gooner. Uh, he actually sent this through anchor.fm. Uh, it's a voice uh, voice note. So you guys can send us voice notes uh, or questions if you wanted to, and maybe we can put it on the podcast somehow. Um, and he says, uh, Ryan, going back to the Liverpool match, what are your, our thoughts on Arsenal shutting off after about 40 minutes uh, against Liverpool and then conceding a goal before half? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a concerning trend. I mean, we we gave a conceded goal to Burnley in the 41st minute, and same exact timing as as a Liverpool goal from the set piece. And it's just, I mean, listen, goals can be scored and uh, off set pieces, corners, or, or any any way at any time. But I think it's a concern for me because you you've executed your game plan up to that point fairly well. You've you've kept them at bay. You haven't really given up any major chances to arguably the best team in world football right now. Mm-hmm. And then you, Sajaka so shanks a clearance. Uh, you know he shins it behind for a corner. And so, and then at that point, you got you got to know. In the coaching world is always a saying. It's called no time and score. Okay, the score is nil nil. Time is forty first minute. You're on the road at Anfield, best team in the league. You've got to get the halftime nil nil. You get to halftime nil-nil. It's a huge victory mentally. You go in halftime. You're fired up. You've you've now executed your game plan. You know it works. So it gives you the confidence to go back and do it in the second half. Instead, we get the corner. Now, listen, corners can happen any point in it, you know, in the half or in the match, right? It's not saying, okay, because we gave up the corner that way, that's why we conceded. Right. But corner, the corner okay, the mistake happens. So now you got to defend. And we were static. We were on our heels. We didn't challenge. We got we got we got bullied by Van Dyke and Matip, which okay, <laughs> they've done that before. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you've got to you've got to dig in. You've got to focus, and you cannot concede from that moment. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, you you can't. These are the moments where you you behave like a fifth and sixth place team, and not a a top three team. That's, that's the difference. So it's, it's a lapse of concentration. It's a lapse of leadership. It's a lapse of focus. And it's concerning because conceding before halftime or conceding five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, start of the match, start of the second half. That's, that all comes down to intensity and focus for me. And there was, there's a lack of it and there was a lack of it last year and it needs to get sorted out. Otherwise we're going to continue to play like a fifth and sixth place team. 
Yeah, yeah, because time time keeps progressing, and if you don't figure it out, um, you're gonna be sol. We're gonna be shit out of luck. Uh, so thank you very much, Peg City Gooner, for that question. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, the next one comes from I think this is a a, a first time question. Uh, so I follow I I. Uh, obviously, I'm in many different groups uh, for Arsenal, and one of them is called Gooners Verse. Uh, really, really good um, group there. If you guys ever wanted to go check them out, uh, this one I think is from one of the administrators there, uh, uh, Gerald. And I'm sorry if I pronounce your last name wrong, Gerald. Do uh, Do Chene or Do Chene? I, I tried. Um, thank you so much, though. Shoutouts to you. Was the match a bridge too far for our two young midfielders? Um, I probably was. Again, um, I think most midfielders or any outfield players are going to look quite poor in contrast uh, when playing against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But I think they were just uh, – we're talking Gwendozy and Willock, of course. Um, right. You know, they, they, were, they were asked to do a job that I think was impossible for them to do. And, and and do it do it well, right? It is to cover fullbacks and also retain possession and build and and, and connect uh, the two forward players. I mean, that's just you're basically they're basically auxiliary fullbacks, uh, center midfielders, and attacking midfielders all at the same time. And right. so, like, who's who's going to be able to do that, right? Um, I think I think the fault was leaving them in um, past the 58th minute. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. at that point you've got to make a double sub, if not even a triple sub and just, and just completely change up, get fresh legs and give Liverpool something else to look at because at that point they were, they, they had figured it out and we weren't doing anything to, to make them change their approach. Yeah. I think, I think definitely some, some def, some substitution um, errors were, were made during this match. So um, yeah, I, 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 I would agree. It, it's a bit too far for them, but Hey, they're young and they're, they're giving it their all. Right. So that, that's what you were saying uh, before. So I, I agree. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Gerald, for that question. Uh, the next one comes from uh, Daryl. Uh, or otherwise known as Disco Dioso from uh, T Dot Gooners. So shout outs to the T Dot Gooners there. Thank you so much uh, for the support as always. Um, is Granite Xhaka this season's Mustafi? <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, I don't. I mean, I, first of all, I hate, I hate, I would hate to think that it would get to that point. I don't think, <laughs> it, should, I don't think it should get to that point with any player. Um, I, I don't think so just because uh, he's, it, you know, obviously different positions, your center half, you're much more exposed to that, to that kind of crucial error that that can directly lead to a goal. I mean, Jacques is not completely absolved of that. Uh, remember against Brighton where he just, just grabbed the player in the penalty box and, and gave that penalty away last year. So he, he's definitely got that mistake in him. He's got kind of a blind pass giveaway in the middle of the park in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though, in terms of a player who will draw the ire of most fans, I think he's got a, a really good shot at being that player just because again, I think what he, what he doesn't bring physically and what the other midfielders do bring, I think that's very obvious. And so if he continues to get selected and plays and shows his limitations, which he will, um, I think fans will, will be, yes, frustrated to say the least both at him and at Emery for continuing to play him which 
you know, shows his flaws of his game. Yeah, but both players, Mustafi and Granit Xhaka, you know, putting the the jokes aside, they were very great players for their respective clubs before coming into Arsenal. So, uh, does that say anything about them coming to Arsenal or or the coaching staff? Or I mean, it's not it's not with all players. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think it, I think it's 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 a it's a good question to ask. I mean, it's 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 fair game, right? It, it I think. <laughs> you look at players, I think regardless of age or or profile is when they come into your club, do they become better players or do they plateau and even, you know, fall off and get worse? Right. Um, I think that's, that's, I think for me, the biggest measuring stick of any manager is, is do those players improve? Um, and they, and they should at this level, you have, you know, the training, the facilities, the resources, the, the, the video, the technology, there's no reason you, you can't identify what players need to improve on their game. So then it's a question of, can the manager a identify that? Can he get it to the player's head and convince him that that's what he needs to do? And is, and then the big question is, is the player willing to accept and then make changes. And is he capable of that? Right? Is he capable right. of is it a confidence thing? Is it a football IQ thing? Is it a just a drive to get better and improve type thing? Uh, a lot of players, listen, Mustafi's on, you know, six figures a week. Um, pretty comfortable. He's had a good career. He's won a World Cup, right? So in his mind, maybe he's you know, he's gonna keep doing what got him to this stage in the first place. Um, so a lot of variables there, but I think ultimately, yeah, if, you, if, if a player is, is not improving and, and actually getting worse, I think you have to, you have to cut ties. You have to say, yeah. this is as far as we've gone. No disrespect to you. I think it's best for your career. It's best for us as a club. We've got to part ways and go our separate direction. And that and that that's that's natural. It's it's it happens with in in all sport. It happens in corporate America and, and you know in our own personal lives with with jobs. So uh, I think that's okay. It's just I, yeah, you have to identify it. You have to once it gets to that point, and you have to then you have to make the decision and be ruthless. Mm. And so again, yeah, we talked about three days left. Mustafi is, is he is he on the. I mean, he, he's, he hasn't been anywhere near the 18 and he's healthy. Right. So it's, it's, but again, it's hard to move those wages. It's hard to tell players living in London on, on on those wages to take less money, maybe to move to another league. So he may just be staying put and he may, you know, come a few injuries and suspensions. Uh, yeah, he might be starting for us in the near future. Hey man, it could be redemption. The year of redemption yeah, yeah. for players. Sure. So, you know, Why not? Mustafi, Xhaka, Ozil, come on now. Uh, <laughs> Disco, thank you so much for that question. The last question, uh, Ryan, before we wrap things up here is uh, from another fellow T.Dot Gooner, Adam Esker. Uh, also, they uh, he has a podcast, the T.Dot Gooners podcast. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys uh, uh, continue on with that one, Adam. Thank you so much for this question. It's an interesting one, Ryan. Uh, it, it says, um, is the added social media presence at Arsenal beneficial or detrimental to the expectations the fans have for the club this season? Um, I don't think it's detrimental. I mean, I think today's day and age players, you know, a lot of these players, they've, they've 
grown up in this era, mm-hmm. more or less. So, it, I mean, in terms of like, we're talking like what extent, like highlights and access and, um, you know, I think fa- us as fans have, have a bigger window into the club's doings than we've ever had before, which I think is, is great for fans, right? We, we had that transfer deadline special, which was like 19 minutes of, of you know, Tierney and Louise mm-hmm. taking their tour of Colney and doing all their tests. And that that's cool. So I, I think, I don't think it does much in terms of pressure. I think there's enough pressure for these players at playing at this level, playing in front of 60,000 every week. Um, you know, the money they're on, the, the players they're playing with, I think they, they give enough pressure out as it is, you know, as their teammates. Um, so I, I, I don't see it as a negative. I, th- I, I mean, I think, you want to go full like societal pressures and pitfalls. Yeah. I think social media can get players in trouble on a personal level level. Like if I was a, if I was a top tier professional athlete, I wouldn't have any social media. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. Cause there's like, to me, there's no upside to it. There's only potential downside. Right. Like, you know, um, tweeting something out or, or, IG living something that you shouldn't, you know, and, and I mean, play, players are smart enough. They have PR staff. So that most of the time they don't, you know, me, you know, even write their own stuff. But um, yeah, I think, I think overall it's a positive and it, it gives fans good, gives them relationships with these players, right? They, you, right. you see they're, they're out to dinner. They're, they're, you know, bantering each other off in the changing room after, after practice. So I think that gives, that gives fans a boost and kind of, makes them feel prouder, you know, and have a stronger affinity for the club and the player. So what, you wouldn't do Taco Tuesday <laughs> uh, if you had Instagram? <laughs> this LeBron James. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're that level, you kind of have to have social media because you're, you're, you're banking millions off of that. So again, you, you just got, you got to have the right, the right people uh, to, to, to make sure you're not, you're not doing something too stupid. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Adam, thank you so much for that question. Uh, shout outs to everybody that, uh, that gave us, uh, questions, um, and, uh, keep, keep them coming. You know, uh, I will continue to post, uh, these podcasts onto those, uh, platforms until I'm told to, uh, basically F off. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Send us a link, link with us on anchor.fm. Uh, messages are always welcome. So thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, I have to thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. Is there anything else that uh, you want to get out there before we wrap things up? Fuck off, you Spurs. <laughs> yes. We will talk to you guys after that match. Hopefully a happy uh, podcast, a, a glorious one. It's always good to pull one over the spuds. Um, I will definitely be uh, watching that. Uh, not with my brother because he's not going to be here. So I will be basically ruining it for him while he's away uh, on his mini trip. So guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to another podcast episode. Um, links and everything uh, to interact with us and find us are uh, on the descript- in the description below. Uh, check us out at anchor.fm uh, and obviously all of that uh, where, where you can find us on your podcast uh, catching apps all of that is there that's it guys thank you for listening uh we will talk to you guys next week peace out